Welcome to another episode of the Your Houston Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Castillo. Be sure to like and subscribe to check out all of our content. Today, we're talking to StopTex.I45, an advocacy organization here in Houston that is working to put a stop to TxDOT's rebuild of Interstate 45. This is a project that impacts a whole swath of Houston and impacts a number of quality of life issues. So we're excited to talk to them about how they got started and organized around an issue that was important to them and what they're doing to hold TxDOT accountable. We're very excited to speak with Melissa and Felipe today from StopTex.I45. Before we get into the organization and the project itself, we're going to get to know our guests a little more with the liftoff segment. I feel the liftoff. The clock has started. Roger. We're going to start with Melissa. What is your top favorite restaurant in Houston? Oh, my top favorites? Um, it would have to be this Vietnamese restaurants down on the west side of houston southwest and they have two locations one in the gallery in the galleria area which is like my go-to and also the one in that's called in chinatown so it's called tantan okay and it's they just have the best seafood there and they're the way how they grow is so good so it would have to be that one but That's yeah. a interesting answer. We usually get uh, Tex-Mex, <laughs> but well, to answer that, I'm Tex-Mex, so I would feel like the best food for that is in my home. <laughs> there you but, go. Yeah. Okay, Felipe, what about you? Yeah, I'm the same as Melissa. I my favorite Tex-Mex is right at home, but I think my favorite restaurant have to be Shiva's. It's, it's an Indian restaurant, I think, in Rice Village. And I've had like, yeah, one of my favorite like foods right now is because of uh, the something I tried there called malai kofta. It's like a potato and paneer ball fried with sauce. So good. Oh, it sounds delicious. Both yeah. great recommendations. We'll have to check those out. Uh, our next question back to Melissa. If you could pick the next guest for Rodeo Houston, who would you book for a concert? Oh, okay. I would want to be booked to Nashe. Oh, so okay. she's an LA artist. I don't know if y'all know her, but yeah. she's so good. And she just became an independent artist, like from her record label. And she's blossomed so well. So she deserves it. <laughs> I, I know her from the song she did with Britney Spears. Yeah, Slumber Party. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. She's what really about good. you, Felipe? Who are you going to book? Oh, I have too many. I've probably just because I've been listening to her album, uh, just Billie Eilish. I think uh, it's a solid choice for me. Yeah, and I think a lot of people want to see her at Rodeo. Yeah, right. Okay, last question. Um, since we're going to be talking about transportation, infrastructure, mobility, um, we're going to ask both of y'all, what city do you think gets their infrastructure and their transportation and their mobility right. You know, which city have you been to? And you're like, wow, this is the way it should be done. Um, immediately at the top of my head, I would say New York City 
because just to hear, I have family over there and uh, just to hear in general, how there's so many boroughs and so many people spread across this big state and to find out that a lot of their work is in the city and to hear that not many of them even drive cars is like, what? So I'm like, that must be nice to have. <laughs> Definitely. All those people and they're taking the subway, they're walking, they're biking. Um, you do have cars, but definitely more people than cars there. What about you, Felipe? Yeah, I was going to say New York as well, but um, no, I just like how they, um, the people there just talk about their communities and how much they love like walking to their neighbor's house and stuff like that. I think that's a good, like, like it's a, it's a result of uh, good transport and uh, good infrastructure. But also I think I'd go with like, um, maybe like, um, yeah, Quebec. When I was there, their, their subway system and their bus system was really clean and really on time and everything was easy to understand. People were biking as well. Yeah. Quebec is a good choice too. I, I've never been there, but I have heard that they've had, a, they have a very clean uh, public transit system. So when we think about this and we think about Houston, you know, you don't think about people walking a lot. Uh, we definitely don't think about subways, um, but we do think about cars and freeways. And so y'all are here representing StopTex.I45. And we want to talk to you about what this organization is, uh, why you got started, and how you got started. Um, so let's just start with um, what is StopTex.I45? Um, and what is it you look to achieve? Yeah, I can take that one. So our goal is to, um, it, what I love about it is that the name pretty much describes what, what our goal is, which is to stop TxDOT, is to make them consider other um, transport options besides just expanding freeways and creating huge structures that, you know, um, move like displace people and cause more flooding. Our group um, mostly is about freeway removal entirely to focus on the communities and focus on public trans transit. We, um, I don't know if you saw the, the billboard we had at Gallery Furniture in the press conference with Mattress Mac, but we had one that said people over cars, people more than cars, because we want to move the people, not cars. That's what we're all about. I don't know if you wanted to add something, Melissa. Um, yeah, I think you said it perfectly, Seth. And one of the impacts of who we are, I feel like it has impacted a like, okay, so stop, text thought, says it in its name. And I love how it impacts and challenges the status quo of transportation in that aspect. And I think that's what makes the organization so great is how it defines the principles and how it's created for Houstonians and that because of the organizing from STOP, it's creating a paradigm shift for Houston to imagine new things and that there's solidarity with individuals that come together from that, so. 
and y'all are relatively new organization. You just celebrated two years. So this is a really interesting because, you know, we as a nonprofit, we are engaging communities. We're trying to get people more involved um, at the local level on quality of life issues. So can you tell us how y'all actually got an organization created? Um, you know, was it one person that just said, let's do this? Was it a group of people that came together? Um, what was that process like? And what are some of the things that you do as an organization to um, advocate your position? Yeah, I think um, one of the most important things for us, and I think um, we really want people to understand is that STOP was born from collaboration. We are like really grateful to Lincoln Airlines Houston for beginning this fight and supporting us this whole time. Without them, we wouldn't be where we are today, honestly. The long story is that the idea and vision for STOP came out of a conversation between one of our founders, Susan Graham, and a friend after not feeling heard at a perfunctory tech stop community engagement meeting. This was in the spring of 2019. And afterwards they had that conversation. They started trying to figure out what to do. They made yard signs and blanketed near North side with the, with the signs and that sort of planted the seeds for what we have now. During that time, one of our collaborators, Link Houston, held a working hosted by Avenue CDC on the harms of the project to the city and the communities along the I-45 corridor, which sparked people's interest in the project. But yeah, um, yeah, most people thought we were crazy to think we could do a tech stop project. We could stop a tech stop project because they were too big to fight, quote unquote. But a few were enticed and took a yard sign, gave their contact info and maybe a couple of dollars so on our, on um, July 19th, uh, 2019, we held our first meeting and 63 people showed up and we were really amazed and inspired and really gave us hope for what we could do. After that, we just began meeting on a regular basis. And what are some of the uh, tactics that y'all uh, use to advocate? Yeah. Oh, Melissa, do you want to take that one? Yeah. Um, so tactics on getting people together to organize is what you mean? Yeah. Um, I would say, like Felipe said, with the founders and like a lot of our veteran OGs, organizers, it was like in person, but like because it's been two years and like the pandemic, it's been hitting a lot virtually and we have a lot of you know, shout out to our social media team and, you know, for virtual organizing because field and digital, they go hand in hand. So one of the biggest strategies is that is just building up a sense of community in that way. Um, the fact that it's welcoming, you know, our meetings are accessible. And when it comes to coming together with people, it's one of the biggest things that's a huge influence for just any organizing and like any organizations is the fact that it's from those first first few bold steps of being comfortable and i think it's that sense of community that makes it comfortable for you to want to come in despite all the insecurities that you might feel and 
other insecurities of you don't know enough or you don't know if you can do enough or wanting to step on any toes and there's hardly ever of that ever happening in organizing spaces because the whole plan and mission in organizing period is like it's a movement and I think it's one of the most precious things is that we all come together in compassion and solidarity and I think that is one of the biggest strategies that comes in because like Felipe said in the beginning it all came from collaborations and we wouldn't be where we're at had it not been a sense of hey we're all Houstonians and we got each other's backs no matter what so that's actually you know something that's really resonating with a lot of groups that we've spoken to uh, collaboration there's strength in numbers and there's strength in coming together around something that's impacting your neighborhood or your school or uh, something that you frequent that's close to home and it motivates people to take action and one person they might talk themselves out of it. Oh, I don't know enough, or I'm not going to make a difference. But when you get a group together, then you can actually have that strength in numbers and work to make impactful change, which sounds a lot like what y'all are doing. Right. And I just want to add in, like with that insecurity, I've also personally gone through that in every type of issue base that I'm passionate about. But ultimately, I've seen it from it all and just I guess that Houstonian life too like in, in any field or space that I'm in I've seen it you know you can come from any walk of life when it, and it's all about coming in your own timing and everyone is having their own process and when you feel that impulse to join something bigger and any time is the right time and there's no comparison to knowing enough or doing enough and I think that's what ties in the strategy um, to answer your question, like doing things intentionally when you reevaluate and building that foundation of the shared values and returning to them. That's a great perspective to share. Um, let's talk about the project itself. So TxDOT is proposing a rebuild of I-45 from Beltway 8 down past downtown. Uh, they want to widen parts. They want to put parts of it underground. Um, businesses, churches, homes, you know, all potentially impacted uh, connectivity from local bridges going away to uh, exits being removed. I mean, there's a lot going on here. So um, can you tell us what about this project you don't like and what you would like to see as alternatives? Yeah. Um, so what we don't like, I mean, what's, what's to like, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it's, um, there's, first of all, the, how you said the, how homes and businesses will be displaced, you know, you can't wind a freeway like this without having to displace a bunch of people, a lot of them being um, people of color and of low income, which is, you know, one of the reasons, one of the lawsuits that has landed in front of TxDOT's uh, front door. And it's, it's terrible. 
but besides that, they also say the expansion will lessen flooding, which is, I, I haven't found like one source that explains to me how that's the case. If, you know, introducing more, more concrete and pavement, how that will lessen flooding because, you know, it's just an impermeable surface. You know, what you need if you want to lessen flooding is more, um, more nature, more like dirt that can, that the water can seep through and trees can absorb that, you know, so water will have a place to go to and be stored. That, that's one of the, two of the reasons. Melissa, I don't know if you want to. Yeah, um, I'll add in that what's not to like about the project is that there's not much preference. Preferences aren't really involved when it's impacting livelihoods and it's matter of fact. And because of that matter of fact, that's where justice comes in. Because when we see impacts of the analysis of race and class and historical neighborhoods of black and brown, it's like, it's dysfunctional and it's expensive and it's quite frankly, it's racist. And to tie in a personal not to like as a Houstonian native, I was born and raised here, um, just experiencing how it impacts growing up, you know, I've working poor, I've seen how just transportation policy has shaped my family and other communities around me that I hear from other people's testimonies when it comes to um, where it adds to the financial crisis around car payments, how it could be too expensive to have a personal vehicle and to travel back and forth. And I've had that shaped whether it's going to school or going to work. And that's just for me, but also for my parents, for my friends, or other community members that I see and to have no alternatives, that's not okay. And that's something that should definitely be spoken about more comfortably because I think because we're so used to seeing so much um, construction work, we kind of get desensitized to like, oh, well, this is, how it, this is how it is. And I have no say in it when really we do because we live here and we are entitled to bring up a better livelihood for each other and to see how we can harm someone else. And I think that's a boundary and that's enough to say, hey, we can stop this. And I think that begins with stopping I-45 and this, like I said, this paradigm shift when it comes to challenging uh, the, the status quo of transportation that Stop Texas Dot's mission is, you know? So. So you mentioned alternatives. The city had a number of community meetings, uh, I believe at the direction of the planning department or the mayor about, you know, community feedback and input. Uh, these are different scenarios. Which one do you like? Uh, and at the end, the recommendation from the community meetings was to keep uh, I-45 in the existing right-of-way, not expand any right-of-way. Um, is that a workable alternative? Does that still uh, impact residents, neighborhoods, businesses in a negative way if you keep it in the existing right-of-way? Hmm. 
Would you like to answer that, Felipe? Yeah, I think that there's a vision C, which uh, is what you're talking about, Mario. The the plan proposed by Houston is just one alternative that yeah, um, that we as stop are more in line with than TechStot's idea. But it's just one of many alternatives that people have proposed. And what we really want is TechStot to even consider these processes, like these projects, because really they're not even, they're like sticking their heads in the sand and they're just going forward and pushing with this one project that's terrible that we've already talked about and why that is. So, so that's not something that they're even considering. Exactly. Yeah. So this is how it started. It's like TechStot, they whittled down the options for this project before the public even looked at it. So of course, there's so many creative ideas going around, whether it's about rerouting freight or beefing up transit or overhauling the bite network. And there's so many ways that can make things safer and relieve congestion because that's one of the arguments that they have is like, well, we need to expand so that there's no congestions and traffic, right? To get things more going for uh, businesses because that's what highways kind of do is that they promote, um, you know, wanting to uplift and alleviate for certain communities when we see a geographical differences when we talk about the history. And when I mean that, I mean, we see class differences in a geographic way and how these highways um, divide us, if that makes sense. Um, it makes sense. And I think about the Katy Freeway, when mm -hmm. we think about widening for more traffic, relieving congestion, it's still one of the most congested highways in the state. So yep. we know that that's not, a viable solution because we see it on this other highway and it, it doesn't work. Precisely. Yeah. Um, I would also go on the Katy freeway for our school because I would attend HSC Houston community college and I went to all campuses. So I've been on all those highways, but exactly the point. Um, so yeah, there are ways to make things safer and relieve congestion. And it's not that they can't come up with alternatives. It's just that, or that there is not alternatives. It's just that they won't even consider them. And because of that blatant behavior and the actions that they wanna take is that they're simply choosing not to do it because the city of Houston has a proposed plan, which was what Felipe was talking about called Vision C. And again, they don't even wanna consider it. So if y'all don't know what Vision C is, um, so Vision C is the mayor's alternative that came out from combust community engagement processes. So that vision is what engaged with the city and yet Texas Dot still chooses to ignore that. So our organization, Stop Texas Dot, it's proposing a freeway removal, which has been successful in other cities um, all over the world, such as Portland, Oregon to Seoul, Korea. And it sounds wild, but removing freeways and adding transit actually relieves congestion and it actually makes it safer. And it actually doesn't remove people from their homes. There's not home displacements. There's not removal from their churches, their schools. And it 
offers a better quality of life. And if you were to ask, how does that have better quality of life? Well, noise pollution, automobile pollution, better quality of air, which is a really big critical issue here in Houston because of that. And at the very least, Vision C comes from the process from the community. And yeah. It's unfortunate that they're not even considering something the city is proposing as an alternative because they went through the engagement process, they got the feedback, they talked to the community. Um, I went to one of those meetings. There was a proposal that I saw to route 45 along 610 and totally not even bring it through the city center. We couldn't even vote for that one because it wasn't part of the city process, but I thought that was the best one, um, mm -hmm. in my opinion. But, you know, it doesn't seem like anything that came from those meetings um, is being heard at TechSoc. Right. Yeah. Um, again, alternatives do exist. And there are smart people talking about this. Again, the community engagement and what we need is Texas not to, pers to pursue anything else and that, you know, the city of Houston and Harris County, as long as with its people, we're just waiting with open arms to come up with an alternative alongside with Texas Dot, and it's, it's there. <laughs> so they just put out a survey that closed yesterday, I believe, or the day before. Mm -hmm. um, can you tell us about that? Is that part of their effort to engage the community? Yeah, we're calling um, it the monkey poll. <laughs> oh, sorry, Melissa. No, it's okay. Do you want to say what the monkey poll is? Like where that came about? Well, yeah, because they used a website called SurveyMonkey, which I honestly haven't used since high school. And I don't know, like, it just feels so unprofessional. And I feel like it would make other people feel like it's not a real survey because it's, it's by this website. Um, but yeah, no, it's just they only gave us two options. Like it was a survey full of different questions for texts for the UTP, mm -hmm. um, the Unified Transportation Program. But the one question that pertained to us was the expansion of I-45 and they only gave us two options, either support the project or not support it and remove the funding entirely, which mm -hmm. is like just a complete, felt like, like just a slap in the face to be honest, because it's, like we do want the funding, we do want to improve transportation and transit, but we just don't want this project. Yeah, and to add on to that, it's it's terrible because when you look at that survey and you have people who will be impacted from this expansion to read that and to read questions of these very interesting questions that has limited choices to make, Oh, um, option A is to support the project and have it funded as proposed or fund as proposed, but or support the removal and the funds, which is ridiculous. And that funds is for us. And one of the arguments that Texas Dawn makes is like, well, if y'all don't want the project here, well, the funds are going to be funded elsewhere in another expansion. It's like, well, first of all, to tackle that myth is that those funds are for us. 
those funds are rightfully for the community and for the people. And we can use those funds with the alternatives that we discussed previously of walkability and the a vision C with the city and the community uh, engagement process. So not only is that ridiculous, but it's also, again, frankly, racist to also have uh, accessibility to be challenged in the survey with questions of citizenship when we're talking about the displacement of many people here from that community. Has TechStop met with y'all? I think the most interaction TechStop has had with us is through public hearings and okay. um, yeah. Yeah. But there has been conversation like behind with emails and, you know, like with that public, uh, you know, whether it's submitting public statements or comments. Yeah. So they sent out the survey, survey ended. Um, currently, the project is on a hold because of the Justice Department telling them to stop while they examine some potential civil rights issues with mm -hmm. their uh, project. So where where do we stand today with everything? Yeah, I think, yeah, they're facing that. They're also facing like um, a county suit from Harris County, uh, another Title VI complaint and a, um, I think they were, they also, the Harris County also sued them for um, potentially like violating the NEPA process, which is the National Environmental Protection Act. So yeah, they're really getting like fire from all fronts. And um, especially with the, with the Title VI complaint from the FHWA, the Federal Highway Administration, um, they filed an injunction to make them stop working and stop like constructing any new part of the highway. So, and I think TxDOT initially like kept pushing on, like they disregarded that, but um, the FHWA came back again and said, no, you have to, like, you can't do this. Um, so right now I think things are hopefully on pause from TxDOT's side. Um, yeah, we're waiting to see what new things they come up with next. Yeah, and hopefully within that pause, there could be reevaluation with self-awareness and that from them. Um, but yeah. Any expected timeline on, on when you'll get resolution from any of these lawsuits or from the federal government's intervention? No, yeah, that's one of the things that concerns us because it is the, the FHWA that's like, you know, has put a pause on their, on their project, but at any moment they could say that their investigation, um, you know, that they're ending their investigation or that they found no wrongdoing, which will let them continue as they have been. And um, yeah, so we're, we're sort of, we're ready to take, take them on, on like whatever new things they do. <laughs> okay, so if someone wants to get involved, if they're passionate about this, 
Um, how can they get plugged in to stop text at I-45? Well, they can uh, check us out on social media or visit our websites. Uh, our social media on Twitter and on Instagram is stoptexas.i45. And in, those, in our bios, it's also that as well as the URL. And um, when it comes to plugging in, we also have an upcoming action. So the Texas Transportation Commission is meeting on Tuesday at the end of this month in Austin, eight, on the 31st at Austin at 10 a.m. And they're not allowing virtual comments. So we'll definitely be tackling on that. And once you sign up for our, loot, or for our newsletter on our website and checking us out on social media, we can send out info and how to support. So we always wrap up our podcast episodes here with a segment we call Houston, we have a problem. Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. This is Houston, say again, please. All right, Houston, we've had a problem. So uh, Melissa and Felipe, y'all are now in charge of TechSot, both of y'all, co-equal um, administrators of TechSot. So you have the ability to uh, influence this I-45 project however you want, um, what would y'all do? The top three things. I definitely put it to Melissa if she wanted to a um, to establish a, uh, a a rail line that went from Houston to Dallas. Hopefully high speed gets there faster than driving. And also, um, yeah, establish a um, a better bus transit route between um, the I-45 highway and hopefully uh, get rid of a few lanes to establish some storefronts and bike lanes, walking lanes. That's off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, um, I would echo Felipe's sentiment. Like, yeah, I would love to have a railway system where I can travel across the cities in Texas. And I have family all across Texas as well when it comes to Dallas, San Antonio in the Valley, RGV, you know, the Rio Grande Valley, Brownsville. I would love to meet up with my people. <laughs> and also with that said, I would be mindful with that project of rail, of mindful of accessibility. I want uh, Austin, like the, the state legislator to be accessible for in-person since they want to make it in-person during the pandemic. We would make it accessible for people all across the cities to tune in and confront, you know, our state reps and our state senators that we are here in numbers despite obstacles. So that would be one. And then the second would be within Houston um, with that funds walkability. I'd love to have awesome walkability and bike lanes going across all uh, areas of Houston. So I live right now, I've lived all across Houston. So with that said, I would love to be able to just attend. So I'm a student at University of Houston. I'm currently at uh, Northwest and A-Leaf. I would love to get there with no issues going through highways and making it in classes at the time than having to prep hours beforehand to deal with the traffic congestions. 
that would better my life and also the lives of others that I hear about from friends and communities and my own family of better to uh, accessible for their jobs and other livelihoods that they want to pursue. So with those bikes in walkability um, lanes, definitely. And I also, I guess a mini third one within that huge second that I said, I believe within this bus, I believe that we could see a better biodiversity with that. And I think that would be beautiful to have, to also have as Houston influence named. Cause you know, we're known as Houston as the capital energy of the world. We're known to be, you know, the space of innovation. And I believe when our biodiversity and quality of air is better here, we will also be known for that too. All very good things to take into consideration um, on a large and small scale. I mean, we could have all those things in neighborhoods on smaller roads, um, smaller highways, but we appreciate both of y'all joining us today to talk about this project, to talk about your organization. Um, it's a huge impact on quality of life that affects a lot of Houston uh, and a lot of people. And um, we want to make sure that people have information for um, a, a, a bunch of different perspectives. Um, and we're glad that y'all joined us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mario. It was a pleasure being here. We want to thank Melissa and Felipe for joining us this afternoon from StopTex.I45 to talk about their organization and to learn more about this project. Be sure to like and subscribe so that you can check out all of our content as we put out more episodes with other organizations and groups throughout Houston. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.